0: This is the Revolution Leadership Podcast. My name is Chris and I am your host. And here we believe that everything ultimately rises and falls on leadership. Here we're going to be sharing with you time-tested principles, giving you practical examples, and sharing relevant stories in order to equip you to lead wherever you are. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Revolution Leadership Podcast. I'm Joe Couch and today I'm going to be sharing with you about making tough decisions. When you really boil down the role of a leader, what you're paid to do, the reason that you're the leader is because you're making difficult decisions, whether you're fording ahead with a vision or a massive faith move, or whether you're taking a risk in the marketplace or whatever the particular endeavor is that you've set your hand to, the reason you're the leader is because you're taking risks and making decisions on behalf of other people that are very difficult. And so when you, when you really summarize what it is that, that leaders do and have to do, it's to make difficult decisions. And so I want to take a few minutes and just talk about making tough decisions today. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, make a, a clear distinction. Um, there's, there's an old phrase that says, in matters of principle stand like a rock, and matters of method flow like a river. So when you're making decisions that are principally based Uh, Those are the decisions that you're going to defend. Those are the decisions you're going to stand on. You're going to make sure that they are protected, insulated, Um, policy, uh, activity, accountability, all that go clearly behind those things, especially when those principal matters are moral issues. So the ones that are the most significant are moral issues, the integrity of the organization, the individual, all that kind of stuff. Those moral issues are, are probably the highest ones. Those are the fall on your sword issues, the types of decisions that you're making. And clearly, every leader knows that the most difficult decisions are not usually the difference between a right and wrong moral choice. The most difficult decisions are when you have to choose between two things that are uh, equally incredibly good. And you're not sure which way to go with your organization or with a, a particular person on your team uh, or obviously contrastingly, two things that are equally poor um, or, or that are, both have a crisis on either side so to speak and so you, you have to make choices between two things that are that are um, seeming to weigh almost equally and those are those are the hardest decisions especially when it comes to discerning wisdom and morality in terms of how to respond to a situation so those are all matters of principle they have clear parameters there are overarching narratives that guide them um, whether you're coming from a faith-based perspective in, in, in uh, maybe scripture, Christianity, or if you're coming from uh, governing principles that um, uh, shape the structure of the marketplace. But I want to look at this second uh, group of decisions that leaders have to make, and that's the ones of methodology. So principle, the ones you stand on, those are the hills you die on. But when it comes to methodology, uh, those are the ones where you flow like a river. So methodology decisions are the how-to's. Uh, They're not the moral right and wrongs. They're the how-tos. How are we going to accomplish this? Uh, I often tell my team, guys, we're going to get this done. Um, Anything we have to do as long as it's legal and moral. Okay, so, so, in other words, we're not going to cross the principle line, but we're going to figure out a methodology to accomplish what it is that we need to accomplish. So, inside of methodology, um, I think there's kind of two circumstances that you see. The, the first one um, is a leader who's just uh, the, the hard driving. It's it's the time um, or the, the, the time in which... Uh, a leader has to make a hard decision and it's quick and it has to happen and it's visible and everybody knows this is how we're going to do this. And maybe there is a, a not a right or wrong, maybe a good, better, best sort of a scenario. That's really what methodology decisions are. And so so you're looking at the circumstance and you're saying, this is where we're going to go. This is what's going to happen. When do those types of hard clear, fast decisions uh, come to pass that are really methodological decisions for a leader. Those are times when there's crisis, when there's change, when there's transition, when there's a lack of clarity or uncertainty. Uh, We say lead from the front. That's the time you're not in the middle, you're not in the back. You stand up, you lead strong from the front because people need clarity and they need vision for where they're going. So during those times, uh, even if it's a methodological decision, you'll have a clear driving um, decision that's made uh, to get to give people um, a clear uh, trajectory to run on. So the second, the second circumstance though is when it's not in crisis, when it's not in transition. You may say, "Hey, my my team, my organization, what we do, we're always in crisis, we're always in change." And and obviously, there's varying levels of that depending on what you're doing when you're doing. But there are clearly some things that have to be done point blank in the moment, and there are other things that shape kind of the the course. Um, of that. Think of a river. There, there are times when it's, it's, it's flowing over a giant uh, precipice and it, it creates a waterfall and it's a free-falling um, endeavor. Those are crisis moments. But there are also times the water hits the bottom, um, the banks widen out, and it's smooth for a time. It's never not moving. There are always um, circumstances unfolding and variables that need to be led through. But there are times when the banks are wider and the water is shallower and other times where it's crushing and deafening and you can't hear. So, so in the times when it's wider and there's still and uh, at least more space, a shallower movement, um, those are the methodological decisions that, um, that you have the opportunity to make differently than just saying, this is it, this is where we're going, do it. So how do you make those kind of decisions? So I think there are times, as I said, when you, you what I would say, slate and defend. Guys, this is it. We're going to do it. And again, those are crisis and all that. But the second time, uh, the second type, I think, are maybe what I would refer to as flow and go. Go with the flow. Go with what is naturally unfurling. Go with what is uh, commonplace to the team. Go with what is intuitively Um, understood by the people involved with the circumstance and intuitively is a huge thing because uh the the more in tune we are emotional intelligence circumstance the more intuitive we can make decisions as opposed to obviously counterintuitive that people are going to struggle to get behind and understand why we're doing what we're doing so i say flow and go what i mean with that is is go with the general flow what's happening Uh, How are people intuitively approaching this thing? And and again, we're not talking about principle issues. We're talking about methodological principles. So how are are people um, flowing with this? What's intuitive to them? Find out what they're doing and then go with that general momentum and shape it in a way that actually achieves the outcome. That's how you arrive at a methodological decision. What's the intuitive flow with how people are processing this information or engaging it? Now, how do we go with that, i.e.? The principle or the decision that has to be made—it's shaped around that intuitive understanding of approaching that issue—and then, um, you know, obviously given down as as a decision or ordinance or whatever it is in, in your organization. So let, let me let me give you an example of what this actually looks like. So there was a, a university that um, had a, a beautiful piece of property. There was kind of two sides to it, and they were developing it for students. And as they. Uh, kind of finished all the structures and everything on the one side and began to to, to move students in they were looking at it and they thought okay we, gotta, we got all these wonderful grounds let's pave some sidewalks let's uh, you know protect the grass and let's make it beautiful and um, just you know it really kind of finish off the project given the finishing touches so so they looked at the grounds and they decided where the sidewalks should go and they paved the sidewalks um, and then as students began to uh, engage that part of the campus there was frustration on behalf of the staff because students were not using the sidewalks. So if you're in lawn care, if you're responsible for some of the cosmetic, uh, issues of a building, a facility, you get this. It's like, Hey, we made a way now follow the path. And so what they found was that instead of following the sidewalks that were there, Instead, they created their own paths, and based on the time they were let out of a class or based on um, maybe uh, the, the flow of classes that move from this part of campus to that part of campus successively, uh, whatever the variables were, students kind of created their own paths. So now there's these footpaths through the grass, and the sidewalks are only being marginally used. So the staff goes to, you know, it goes to bat figuring out how do we solve the issue? Do we punish them? Do we not? You know, what, what do we do? And so somebody had the brilliant idea. We're about to do the same thing with the second part of the campus. So instead of paving it, let's open it up, let's move students in, and let's allow the natural intuitive paths that they choose, let's let those shape the context or the contour of, uh, of, our, of our landscape here. So, so basically, they let students in, they didn't pave anything, and they began functioning, having classes, and wherever students walked, natural footpaths formed. So it was intuitive, it was already something that people were uh, naturally doing, and so obviously over time those formed clear paths and they could tell which ones were highly used, lightly used, and then they went behind and then they chose to pave the paths that were natural and intuitive to the students that were using that property. So obviously you can see the picture. In one approach, this is not a moral, it's not a principle issue, it's a methodological approach. How are we going to safely get students from place to place? And in the first approach, they said, this is the decision. Let's do it. This works or it's worked somewhere else or with someone else. So this is how we're going to do it. It fits our perspective of the situation. They go in, they pave it, and it's producing all this frustration because people are not intuitively connecting with and following that method or that decision that's been laid out versus the contrast let's allow the intuitive natural response in this context how people see it not how they've seen it on other campuses not how the uh, maybe the the archetypes excuse me the architects were formatting this to be seen but let's see how the people for whom it is created the benefactors or those that are in the operation how do they intuitively respond to it and then after having seen the paths that they created, They went back, paved those paths, and found out that that was obviously a highly successful solution. So again, when you summarize and you you, you zoom all the way out, you realize there are two fundamental things, are two fundamental decisions that you're having to make as a leader. And being the decision maker is really what that comes down to as a leader. There's matter of principle, stand like a rock. Matters of method, flow like a river. You defend, especially when it comes down to moral issues, you defend matters of principle, principle decisions. In matters of method, you flow like a river. In times of crisis or change or major transition where people are desperately needing clarity, you make a decision and you lead from the front in the quieter waters or when the banks widen in the shallower times and there's a little bit of breathing room and space and you're trying to figure out what's the best policy, the best decision, referring to this this method or how to, I would strongly encourage you, flow and go, find out where people are naturally flowing, find out what's intuitive. And then you make a policy or a decision based on how people are interfacing with that environment. And I think you'll have way more success as opposed to trying to force something that is not intuitively connecting with people on a methodological standpoint. So, there we go. I hope that helps. Um, I want to remind you, once again, everything rises and falls on leadership, uh, which is why we're committed to enabling leaders and increasing their capacity to succeed. So if this has been helpful, would you like it, share it, um, subscribe to it uh, on, on social media, and, uh, and, and we'll look forward to offering more content to you soon. Remember that banners are hailed at the beginning. And medals are awarded at the end, but leaders are forged in the long, dark in between. If you're leading, you're taking the greatest risk. We applaud you. We're so happy to be in a position to offer you some content, and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon.